This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Good afternoon, family and friends, and thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. I'm Renette Maiburg on Cape Pulpit on 729 AM, and I just want to say welcome, 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 to, and please stay engaged today. We have a phenomenal guest in the studio today with us, and her name is Jazz, I love her name, uh, Jazz Noah, and uh, she's a missionary, and they are just a powerful couple who and her husband Percy they are back in South Africa after being nine years in Indonesia seeing over 400,000 people these are the spirit the real eras of uh, of life I think that we don't even hear or see on big platforms but God has really used them mightily in Indonesia and uh, Jazz grew up in Gauteng and first was in the marketplace as an events and wedding planner and then she became a missionary. I don't think she was expecting that. And then the Lord just saved her, but she's got such a beautiful testimony. I'm going to let her share that with you um, shortly. And um, you know, she's just had a fascinating journey with the Holy Spirit and uh, she's got such insight on the Spirit and the soul, which is so wonderful for us to understand of how do we live in freedom in Christ. And there is a lie that we sit and live in. And so we're going to talk about the lie in the, in the serpent's mouth. And this is what I think we so, conf- you know, so sometimes get entrapped by. So uh, welcome uh, Jazz, thank you for joining us this afternoon. Thank you so much, Renette, and thank you for all the listeners that is tuned in today. I am so excited to be here. Yes, so we're going to listen to something quickly and uh, really going to enjoy this track, and then we'll join you straight after this. Good afternoon, family and friends, and thank you for joining us this afternoon. And we have Jazz Noah. She's a missionary from a, a ministry that is developed by her and her husband and they are back in South Africa after nine years in Indonesia and yes uh, we are going to discuss about the lie in the serpent's mouth and I think we often so trapped entrapped by the lies of life that we so actually captivated and we don't believe in ourselves and we don't know how to live free in the Holy Spirit but uh, you know you came from a, a, a very structured background, very, uh, you know, being a wedding planner and events planner and in the corporate, and then suddenly you get saved. I won't say suddenly, but I mean, you get saved, and then the Lord takes you on a complete extreme journey that only you could navigate by having a proper relationship with Holy Spirit and with Abba Father. So give us that story. So I was the events manager and a wedding planner for um well, a, a hotel group, I don't want to mention them, but a hotel group for a very long time. And I did my four years of studying, did my diploma and my degree in hospitality. And um, when I I was at a point where I got this dream job at a place. And as I went into this interview, I got the job. And then I went into the second interview and I actually got the position but in my second interview, just before my yes, 
Percy phoned me and I saw my phone ringing and my phone ringing and there was another pastor calling me. So I asked um, the lady to give me just a second because it might be an emergency. So I went out and answered the phone and it was seven of our close friends, um, prophets and evangelists and Percy and everybody um, praying together that morning. And all of them felt like God's taking me out of the marketplace into ministry. Oh, my word. So I was absolute. I didn't know which direction. So I went back into the interview and I actually said goodbye to my dream job, which was running a whole um, facility of weddings and events and and everything and accommodation. So um, I left that place um, not knowing what to expect, not knowing what's next. And um, I went into full-time ministry with my husband. But the thing with full-time ministry is you learn to trust God first. So I was at home for about four months where I was just going through the Bible, which didn't make any sense. I was trying to pray, which I couldn't. And we all know the first steps of getting getting to the Lord. And it is so confusing. And um, the Lord asked me one morning, he said to me, do you trust me? And I said, I actually don't know how to trust you because it's so hard. And um, how do you trust something that is... You don't you don't feel him, you don't see him. It's this invisible force. I, I didn't know how to trust that. And um we were at that point we, we was running we were running out of food and everything was running low and I said to the Lord, Oh my gosh, yeah, I'm coming from such a big salary into into this. How like how? And he said to me, open your cupboards and open the freezer, open the fridge, open everything. So I opened everything. And he said to me, tell me what you want in there. And at that point, I was like five packets of spaghetti, but just not any spaghetti. I want the Monty one, the nice ones. And then I prophesied that whole morning over the cupboards in the fridge, even the washing powder. I wanted Ariel and the comfort stay soft. And it was like very precise, all the Mm. prayers and prophecies Mm. that went into that morning. And after that, I felt so silly. So I've put on the music and worship music so loud. And Percy came into the house and he's like, didn't you hear the doorbell? I said, no, I didn't. He said, Jazz, these packets and packets outside the door. And I went outside and there was this pick and pay packets everywhere on our, on our front porch. And I got them inside and it was exactly the amount that <gasps> I was praying for that morning. Five packets of spaghetti, the Montes, and it was the aerial and the comfort, the pink one that I love. And it was spot on everything. And that's how for nine months the Lord trained me to hear Him and to trust Him. I never belonged to a church then I, would, I didn't understand church. I didn't understand the structure of church and religion. So I just went step by step on the Holy Spirit. So then me and Percy went to a church service one morning and Percy said to me, this is what's going to happen in the church service. And he laid out the program for the church service for me. And it happened exactly like that. The yeah. prophet called me first and he, then he started prophesying about Indonesia. So I studied tourism, but I could not even, I couldn't recall Indonesia. So anyway, and then um, a month later, somebody from Indonesia called us and invited us over. I hated the first trip. I hated the food. I hated the weather. I just hated everything about it. But God has got such a sense of humor. So when we went over, people were asking me to pray for them. So I was praying, leave Jesus for Allah. And I was just, I didn't even know how to pray for them. And that's just how God 
walked with Train, me. Trained you? Yes, that's how he trained me. So whenever I saw spirits in people, demonic spirits, he used to show me like little pictures inside of them. And that's what I prayed for. If there was pain, he used to show me physically. I could see the pain. And when I prayed for it, it was spot on. That's prophetically how he trained me. And um, after four years, when we got onto the airplane back, I'm trying not to get emotional now. When we got mm, on the airplane okay. back, for the first time I burst out in tears. And I said to Pussy, I actually don't want to go back home. Wow, you lost ready your heart stay. there. Yeah, I lost my heart there. So after four years, the Lord said to us, now permanently. And then we started flowering oil in Indonesia, which was a feeding scheme. So it was, I love that. Just tell us a bit about that. Okay, so flower and oil was all about a mask to feed people, but to get them saved and to minister to mm. them. And flower and oil was for me, it was just such a step of faith because Indonesia, Muslim country, you're not allowed to preach the gospel. You're not allowed to talk on the streets. So when the Lord told me to go, I just went. And everybody told me, you're going to be locked up in jail. It's not going to work out. I couldn't really care because if God said, go, go. So... Because I was not in a structure, I was not yes. like, born into a structure. I didn't understand like what's the etiquette and how you do it. <laughs> yes, yes. I just went. So um, we saw so many people healed on the streets from like um, with legs and with bloody issues and infections. And um, I'll, I'll never forget it. There was a lady that almost died one night, and um, they were talking Bahasa, so I can speak Bahasa. So I heard that somebody's sick, and I actually got out of the car, and she was laying in one of the these containers of all the rubbish inside. Ooh. So she was lying on top of this rubbish, on top of this rubbish water, and it was the smell was horrendous. And when I saw her in my heart, I actually felt like, my gosh, I don't know if I have faith for this one. Her fever was over 40 degrees Celsius, mm. and um, she was already hallucinating. And, oh, delirious. And, and the Lord said to me, tell her in three hours she'll be healed and she'll be eating. So I prayed for her and then we left. And a week later, we went actually back to see her and she was completely healed and everything. And I asked, I said, what happened to you? And she said she was she was literally dying and a light came into that box, that rubbish box. Oh she said, goodness. I couldn't even open my eyes. This light was so bright. And she said she felt the fever being taken away. And three oh, hours later, she was sitting up Lord. eating. Yeah, it was amazing. So I have And seen. you weren't even there to see it happen. It just happened. Oh, God just did it all. He oh, did it by himself. I so just beautiful. prayed and left. I didn't even have faith. I was like, no, I don't know if I have faith for this one because I saw the state that she was in. Mm. And um, God, just, God just did so much healings. We actually went to Indonesia in June that just passed. And I have never seen God do so much inner healings like this trip. There's just, it's like there's a, a movement and an anointing that is mm. moving in inner healing and in the past and getting people set free, which I am so excited about. Um, I just want to tell you this quick testimony about this trip. Please do, please do. We were, have, we were in a very strict Muslim area. We had a kaka air. So a kaka air is an open air crusade. That's what they call mm. crusades. And um, I stood in front of this massive Chinese guy. Young, he was about 25, but big, big guy. And when I stood in front of him, the Lord said to me, what his father said to him is not what 
the father is saying to him. So the Lord said to me, you break verbal abuse over him. And I just looked at him and I said to him, God loves you so much. You have no idea the, the, the gifts and the colors and the power and the dreams that he placed inside of you. But there is an abuse that is blocking all of it. Mm. And today I want to break this lie over you in the name of Jesus. He was pouring tears over my dress. Aww. It was running down my dress. He mm. just broke open and God healed his heart. I was crying. He was crying because I could just see it was like God was just cutting his flesh open and just going to all the broken pieces. And it was just, it was so beautiful to just stand there and see the work that God's doing. So, you know, uh, it just, that is, that is incredibly beautiful. And I'm sure that is what we, our youth is struggling with at the same thing. Yes. Yeah. In South Africa, actually as a nation, we are mm. so wounded and so broken. And, you know, so what is, um, your your aim, you know, with with coming back to South Africa, what made you come back to South Africa? So Percy's prophetic. He works like four years ahead. He works quite ahead mm. of time. Where I don't move if God tells me in the moment. And we were busy. It was just COVID. It was lockdown in Indonesia. Our lockdown was earlier than South Africa's lockdown. Mm. And um, the Lord said to me, start feeding the people. And I said, well, then you need to hide us. And the car that we drove in Indonesia was this black combi because the Lord just said to us, I'm not going to hide you. And he literally hid us in that whole time. We were feeding 4,000 people in three months, just the three of us. And um, yo, it, was, it was just amazing. But on the 28th of April, the Lord said to me, I'm sending you back to South Africa. Okay. I'm not bringing you back. I'm sending, sending. you okay. Okay. to South Africa. New assignment. That night I packed the first box. I was like, I'm ready to go, Lord. I never thought we will get, ever come back to South Africa. But you know, the Lord has just got a His different timing. way and timing. And um, so we originally thought it's going to be Pretoria. And, um, and then we got a prophetic word that it's going to be Cape Town. So I found the shipping company. I'm like, it's not going to be Gauteng. It's going to be Cape Town. And then as soon as I landed here, I had this vision about the eagles landing and how mm. God's going to restore the eagles and how everybody's going to be connected in this post office with this um, pneumatic system of these capsules and yes, wind. I, and it, it was like the scripture is saying we are, we are messengers of, of wind, you know. Yes. And um, yes, I was very excited. I know there's something massive going to happen in Cape Town mm. and God is busy healing Cape Town and then the connections is going to come. And as as I heard that this is, you know, we, especially Cape Town, South Africa as a country has been um, prophesied over the mm. most of in the whole world almost. Yes. I mean, I think your husband shared that with us. And that is so profound, you know, and that is why I think we are under so much attack in this time. But we're going to take a break now and then we can start the next session, which I really think is going to help us to navigate us in these times. How do we set ourselves free? And thank you so much for that. It was such a lovely, uh, exciting, interesting uh, testimony.
And family and friends, again, about obedience as better than sacrifice. And this family has really been obedient beyond measure. So I just want to encourage you. We're going to take a break, listen to this beautiful track that we're going to have uh, prepared for you. And we will catch up with you straight after this. Um, good afternoon, family and friends. And I have a powerful woman of God in the studio with me this afternoon, Jazz Noah. And they have been missionaries. Her and her husband, Percy, have been in missionaries um, in the whole of Indonesia. And they were called from South Africa there um, under very unusual circumstances. But she's going to share with us on how I think you obviously said, I loved what you said to me while we were, I was chatting to you before the interview about the fact that the Lord took you there to rediscover of who he was in you. Yes. And that is what we, I don't think we take that seriously enough. Like who is he in us when we're in different um, seasons of our lives yeah. and we don't know why we're moving, why things are changing, why things are restarting. Um, I'm personally in that uh, transition and transformation period myself. So this is like speaking louder than words to me. <laughs> That's exactly where I'm at. So I want you to t sort of give us an idea of how did you go and find yourself in Christ? Like you said, you, the word was new. Everything was new. Um, but what? how did you get yourself to that perfect piece of understanding that this is where I'm meant to be and the freedom that you experienced from it? I said to, um, I have a very, my best friend, we always pray together and we spend a lot of time together and we've done deliverance on each other and in the healing, it's been a journey. And we spoke about it the other day and I actually said to her, we have our own personality mm. that God created us with and who we are with the fun and the giggles and what you like, yellow and whatever. But you also have a ministry personality. And I've seen this many times where people can be so quiet in their in their personality. But as soon as they get onto that pulpit, I'm telling you, it's like a, a lion is turned on. Mm -hmm. And I, I've just found out and this journey with Indonesia, what is my personality? Because growing up, I was always too much or not good enough. So it was always that contradiction, and that's why I want to share with you about the lies today because there's always that, that contradiction of you're too much or you're not good enough. And with my personality, I'm very bright, very loud. <laughs> but when I got to God, I was much more strict. So when it came to the street ministries and things like that, I quite, I quite become very strict and very, if God's going to say something to me about you, I'll say it as is, not sugarcoated, where I got in trouble most of the time. Mm -hmm. But I think what is important is that you understand that you have a personality and then you have your personality of God within you where it's a whole new discovery because we think we can do stuff or we think we can't do stuff. And then the moment we become born again and we truly allow God to change us and to change that past experiences and things like that, we actually become somebody that we've never thought we can be. Or could be. Oh, exactly. Amen. So I never saw myself coming from events, coming from marketplace. I never saw myself going into the streets. I've had the heart. Mm. 
But going into the streets and really confronting gangsters and standing up to syndicates and and really just standing for what I believe and what God is inside of me. And I'll never forget this one night we were driving past this massive group of gangsters on the street and we were on this open truck and the Lord said to me, Jazz, get off because I need to speak to the leader. And I was just in a twinkle, twinkle, little star moment mm, where you just mm. shut your eyes and sing a song. <laughs> yes. And um, the truck didn't want to start. Mm. The truck died. So mm. it refuses to start. So I was like, okay, Lord, let me just take, let me just do this. And I walked up to this guy, no download of God yet. I stood in front of him and the download came and the Lord said to me, Tell him that I love him so much and that he actually has a heart for youngsters. But this is not the way that I want to bring youngsters around him. I actually want to give him a business opportunity where he can bring these youngsters into business with him and not prostitutes and drug dealers and stuff like that. And my gosh, I'm telling you. Mm, just had his recent case his like that. Heart, his heart just for people. And we look at people and we think, oh, my gosh, mm. there's like no hope. But there's hope with God. And I just realized that I am much more fierce and fearless than I thought. And I think that is so important that we get to that place. But then we also need to heal from things. And that is what I also said to you today with the topic of being the lie in the serpent's mouth is the fact that with Eve, I believe in my heart, she wasn't near the tree of knowledge of good and evil. She was busy with something else when the enemy came to her and he started, did God really say? There's always that contradiction, that lie that the enemy brings in. Mm. Whether it is inherited curse from your bloodline, whether it is something that happened in the womb, but there's always going to be that thing or either you're invisible or you're not good enough or it's like he wants to steal your voice, or there's an abuse. Mm. But you can see throughout your whole life, he doesn't use many things. He uses one lie. One lie yes, throughout that your keeps life you stuck. that keeps you stuck. And that's so important for me where the church is so focused on deliverance. But the, when deliverance happens, it's like when I chase you out of your house, but your house is still there. And that's why inner healing is so So important because Mm. it's actually freeing you from the negative impact of all that emotions and situations. And that's what we need to do is if you lose your phone in the mall, you kind of backtrack. And then you're like, oh, I was at this game and I was at the toilet and I was at the pick and pie. And you backtrack to find your phone. And that is what happens with our soul is we get fragmented over Mm. the course of our life. And that is why David said in Psalm 23, Lord, restore my soul. And this is where the whole journey. Do you realize what we read? Yes. This is where the whole journey started because Psalm 23 is so close to my heart. And when I read that, I said to the Lord, what did David mean? And that's when the Lord took me into fragmentation and into the Mm. soul dimension of we are so fragmented over periods of our life. And most of it is at the age of five or seven or 10, 13. Mm. So we actually need to backtrack through our life and see where the enemy fragmented us, but then we need to backtrack Mm. to the cross Mm. and remember Mm. that Mm. Jesus paid everything on the cross. And when he was hanging on that cross, he actually gave birth to us. So we are born from his side when the water and blood gushed out of his side. That's actually where we were birthed. Mm. 
And that's where we need to take that authority and the victory because we died with him and we were resurrected with him. But sometimes we stay in the grave or sometimes we stay at the cross Mm -hmm. and we have to go through the cross, through the grave, into the resurrection and the power. And what is so amazing is... um, we have the authority and the power over inner deliverance mm. and, and inner healing. And yeah, but that is phenomenal because <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it's 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 really phenomenal when you think of where we uh, just take a little hook that keeps mm. us just right there all the time. Yes. And it goes repeats itself pattern after pattern of after pattern and it reels us back in all the time. Yes. So we never feel as though we're going forward. Yes. And uh, you know, just the whole uh, factor of when we actually step out of that uh, part where we have to trust yes. and obey. Yeah. There's a trust and obey that we have to do because there is no other way. No. You know that old song, Trust and Obey, yes. but there's no other way. I loved, I lived by that for many, many years, uh, you know, when I you know, was going through my desert experience. But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that. I just had to throw that one in. Um, but anyway, but that was my, that was my absolute guideline of mm. going trust and obey. Mm. And yet when you go through transformation, it's another form, form mm. of getting free is to get that next level of trusting mm. when nothing else is working. Yes. You know, when nothing else is working, when the world is not working around you, um, nothing is working. Mm. And I think you've come into a very like a landmine situation back here in South Africa for the same reason that you were sent away uh, to Indonesia to go and cover that mm. as well, where there were so many landmines of human nature just broken. And you've come back now with training from there to come and help us here in South Africa. So, but we're going to continue with what you're going to do. Tell us how we can do what you've just done and get to where we need to be uh, free and ready uh, servants for, for Abba Father. So, um, just we're going to take a break now and then uh, hear this, uh, you know, we've got some lovely music uh, prepared for you and we will catch up with you straight after that. Good afternoon and thank you for being with us this afternoon. We have been so excited with um, having Jazz and Noah in the studio with us. And uh, she's just, they are, her and her husband, Percy, are just leading such phenomenal lives, for, sold out for the Lord, uh, up for the game of just stepping out in obedience and trusting Him all the way for everything that they've done. And the freedom and the peace that they experience is phenomenal. I think we can learn from this. So family and friends, I just feel that you need to hear this message because we are all looking for freedom and peace. And we need to know how to trust and obey the Lord in these times. We are living in very difficult times where we are overcome and overwhelmed by the ways of the world. And we're just looking to find a way. How do we step into what the Lord's pathway is for us? And who are we in Christ? Who are who is he in us as individuals? So just please just help us on this one. Um, how do we go from here into this perfect peace? 
Okay, so we're in a season where everybody's talking about revival. Everybody is talking about the harvest coming in. And I saw in January massive amounts of people coming to the churches. And the Lord said to me, for a moment, the whole picture paused. And the Lord said to me, is the church ready? And I got, I actually got so nervous. It was like my breath was just taken away. And I thought, my goodness, is the church ready for this harvest? Because we're praying for revival, we're praying for harvest, but are we ready? Is the church truly ready for broken people, people who has no idea who they are, people that's coming with tattoos and bangles and... I don't even want to talk about same all gender. Kind, yes, all, all kinds, kinds of are coming flooding pulse. into yes, the church. Oh, and I just Lord. feel in my heart that we are in a grace period now where God is allowing us to heal. And I saw my daughter building Lego blocks the other day. And what she did is she took the foundation blocks and she started just building a fortress. I want to call it a fortress for a reason. No doors, no windows. And she Place the other part on top of it. And the Lord said to me, that is the plan of the enemy. So what he does is he, first of all, he lays with a lie, a foundation in your life, whether it is through a bloodline curse or whatever. The second thing he does is he starts little pieces of blocks. He places on it, on, on top of each other, on top of each other. Until it starts forming a fortress. Mm. And that is what we call a stronghold. Mm. So this stronghold is forming. And that is why I believe that deliverance is not. It, you cannot just have deliverance. You need to deal with the stronghold, that fortress. And that is painful. And that is also what I believe what the 10 spies came back and they said, I don't, we don't see, like, we, we don't even want to deal mm. with this giant of discouragement because that it was, that is what it was. It is discouragement because what you need to do is you need to go back and heal every part. And this journey that I've been on since we've been back in South Africa, the Lord showed me how you take Jesus and you bring him into every facet of that hurt. And of that pain, if you think about a really bad situation that you were in where you maybe were embarrassed, mm. where you were really hurt. I know some people is going through divorce. Yes. It's it's such a massive pain. It's, it's almost like a death. And there is so many people that's lost people of COVID. But if you go back into that memory and you actually, it is so painful that it, it takes your breath away. Mm. But then if you just allow your imagination to see Jesus coming through the door, coming to sit with you, to hug you and to just help you through it and to love you through it, you can actually change your mind and your memory about it. And it will release the trauma that is stuck to your DNA because mm. trauma and um, just hurt and pain sometimes comes down with our, with our DNA from, from our forefathers and, and in your bloodlines. And But we'll talk about that and another one but I just wanted to say it is so important that we deal with the pain because pain the is trauma. a lot of hurts oh, yes. and trauma and we have to allow Jesus into every part of our life and every every area where mm. maybe it was your fault that you were caught out yes. gossiping about a friend yes. and you're causing yeah, it's self-hatred yes and yeah, you mm. need to allow Jesus in that area so he can really, really heal you. Because I had a dream two weeks ago, and I just want to share it. I was sitting on yes, this massive yeah. excavator, and I was digging a hole, and 
in my dream, I asked the Lord, tell me what is deception? Why is the church so deceived? Why is people so deceived? Why do we deceive deception everywhere now? Mm. And the Lord said to me, it's when an individual refuses to deal with their pain. Yeah. When you are in absolute so denial. True. Because pain is a truth. It's not the truth, but it is a truth. Because mm. what you feel is real. What you're going through is real. But the moment you say, no, I'm fine. No, I've dealt with it. No, I've forgiven them. What it is, is it's actually a lie. And that causes a collision within you. And that is why so many people are depressed. Because if you feel that you are good enough, you are a born again Christian, you are good enough. And somebody tells you that you're not good enough. It causes that collision of a lie and a truth. And that is where deception and depression comes from. And that it is why it's so important now that we sit with ourselves, Mm. that we make time, we take a tea time with yourself and say, where is it that there is this collisions in my life where maybe my wife do something and I absolutely overreact because I grew up in a lie and now I'm faced with the truth and because I don't like it, there is a collision. Mm. And that's what we need to deal with is all those collisions in our lives. And I feel like this is such a grace period. Really, I want to just say it again. It's a grace period where God is allowing us. He's giving us time to deal with ourselves, to deal with the hurts, to deal with the lies and to actually stand on the truth. Mm. So when I got born again, I didn't know anything about the word. I never read my Bible. I knew I knew who Peter was because my mom told us a lot about Peter and Moses, and that's about mm. where where, I, <laughs> where my knowledge went. But that night, when I when I really got born again, I really stopped. I wanted to stop smoking, and the guy put the Bible on the floor and he told me to stand on my Bible. I felt so disrespectful that time. I was like, "How do you stand on the Word of God?" But he taught me. To take authority, standing on the word of God, because there was yes. no solid foundation yes, I mean, of the word in my life. Mm. And it is like the, the clever builder, the, the smart builder who built his house on the rock. So I stood on my Bible, and that night I commanded the spirit of addiction to leave me, and I never touched a cigarette in my life again. And it just left because I was standing on the word of God. Sure. And John says, I'm going to give that one to a few people. <laughs> John says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and it became flesh. So if we want to get closer to Jesus, you have to read the living words of the Bible. Every letter is alive. Every word is alive. It is God. It is Jesus. So the only way we can get through hurts, we can get through depression, we can get through deception and everything that we're going through now is we have to put the word of God down on the ground and stand on it. Mm. We have to stand out and declare yes, things into South Africa. We have to declare yes, healing over South Africa. We have to mm. declare healing in individual people because if all the eagles can individually heal and we connect, oh my goodness, we're going to take over. 
we are going to take mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. And that is why it's important that we connect and fellowship with people and help them through stuff and encourage each other. We cannot live our own selfish lives anymore. Yes, and we self-serving. To, yes, yes, we can't. And absorb, we have to worry. I have to worry about you. I have to check that you're oh. okay. And if I see the enemy with a mouse trap or that big bear traps, I have to take it down. I have to help you to get yes, through it. Amen. It is our job to to help each other and encourage each other and make sure mm. that we are standing on the word of God and make sure it's a solid foundation in our lives. Wow, what <laughs> else can we end up on but the word standing on the word? Yes. Oh my goodness, I love this interview. <laughs> Listen, Jazz, thank you so much for encouraging us. Thank you for guiding us and giving us the wisdom and the knowledge and just being on fire for the Lord is just so refreshing to see and experience. So may the Lord just continuously use you and Percy for the new assignment that you're on. May you just ignite all those that are coming into your surrounding. You've certainly done that to me. It's just given me such a love again and an excitement for what God has got to do with each one of us as individuals. And um, yes, family and friends, be out, go out there, be kind to each other, be kind to yourself first and foremost. Amen. This is the month of October. We need to be aware of where we're at, where we're mm. going, why we are where we are. Mm. Go and revisit yourself, spend a bit of time with yourself and ask the Lord to show you, to help you heal all the difficult times that we've had to adjust in these last couple of years in South Africa. What's happening around us, what's happening in our families, what's happening within us. So let us just ask you, Holy Spirit, just be with us in this time. Give us your love, give us your comfort, give us your wisdom, give us your knowledge and may the Lord just continuously use you two beautiful people out there for his glory and his kingdom and yes, family and friends, I pray the same for you. Go and look after yourself. Take care and we will see you soon. Same place, same time next week. Goodbye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.